3: Welcome to the show. It's the date day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and you're listening to a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions, life questions, especially on Thursday, ladies. It's the day we set aside for you. If you need any encouragement or need some counsel, Paula is here and she is ready. All you have to do is call us. You can dial two one zero. 340 9585. That's 340 9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll free at 877 uh, 630 KSLR. That's 630 5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com um, or you can send them in. Wait a minute, I'm going to sneeze. Excuse me. It's a terrible thing to do when you get a microphone stuck in your face. I'm glad it was you, though. Well, first time this happened in seven years. Yeah. Oh, well, I, cool. ap- <laughs> I apologize. Um, I don't know where I was. You can email questions by emailing Calvary, or questions at calvarysa.com uh, or you can s- send them in via our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. If you're driving in your car on this beautiful day, you can um, use the hands free feature of your phone. Um, using the KSLR mobile app, it's also free. Uh, it'll say "Call Now." You can push it; you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. One more time, our main number is three four zero ninety five eighty five. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you, sweetie. I know you got some stuff on your heart, but I, I've got to talk about this a little bit. These kind of things always sort of move me. Uh, Paul and I were involved in a car accident uh, about one fifteen. Uh, We were on the freeway and we stopped because the traffic was slow and go and we were at a place where we stopped and we got hit from behind uh, by a lady who said that she, her foot slipped off the brake pedal to the gas pedal. Uh, I don't know why, all I know is one minute we were sitting there, we were doing fine, we were talking, and the next minute we got this terrible sound and we're thrown around in the car. Uh, It could have been much worse, we're okay. yeah. yeah. But um, Paula knows what I'm going to say. Whenever things happen like this, you know, it's like a, a day like any other day. Um, we have no idea the things that are in store for us, good or bad. And uh, this is an accident that could have been really, really bad, and we were really blessed. But uh, it's just one of those things that that everybody needs to be prepared for. I, I say all the time, Paula, you have to just be with Jesus and, um, you know, when we jumped out of the car, I jumped out of the car, um, we're, we're, stopped on the freeway and, um, you know, you're shaking, you're a little woozy and you don't know really what to do. There's, there's sort of a, an immediate PTSD thing. And, um, um, and yet uh, the Lord was with us. Um, my whole point in bringing it up at all today is that we have to be with Jesus every minute of every day because we never know what the days are going to hold for us. And every day might be the day we go to be with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that could have been the case for us today.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in fact, we were talking about this at breakfast where uh, I'm looking for my study now where it says we, we need to be ready at all times. Um, and, and I'm pretty sure when when I got out of the car and I just looked at the lady and I told her that it was okay and I hugged her, You know how yesterday you were talking about how we can be uh, resting with the Lord. You know, not resting in peace, but (laughs) resting with the Lord. You know, know, every day you get up, Lord, what about me? What about today? Well, he already knew this was going to happen. And so, you know, for our reaction, it really matters. Not only to that lady, but especially to that lady. But I'm thinking now, you know, looking back, because... Who has it in mind to get out of the car and tell somebody it's okay and hug them, you know, and you're calmly talking to her, even though your sentences weren't really connecting well, because you were kind of, yeah. I'll let you get out of the car first, because I was still kind of shaking.
3: Yeah, I, I told her, I said, I apologize, I'm not making any sense, but I'm, I'm kind of shaken by this, mm-hmm. and, um, uh, you know, I'm not, not thinking clearly right now, but... Yeah. But I wanted to know that uh, I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel mm-hmm. San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I said I'll have Paula get your card. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you were driving the car because I'm blind and can't. Yeah. But um, um, you know, it, it, it's just one of those things. Our the, the reaction of our flesh is, "What were you thinking?" Uh-huh. But but we who are Christians don't have that freedom. Yeah,
4: and and resting in Christ um, affords us not to. Um, misrepresent him and I was so thankful you know that we we had, we had just talked about that you know and in all honesty your honor I kind of knew something was getting ready to happen um, I didn't know that was what it was going to be because this lady had already stopped you know she was a little bit away from us but if her if her foot slipped off or whatever it gave her enough room to have some impact now the back of our car is you know all off so when I But in reverse, the lines are all messed up, and (laughs) he says the trunk is ajar. But it could have been way worse if we had been people who were in our flesh. That poor lady wouldn't have had a good witness. It wouldn't have been. It was already bad enough for her that this is going to. I was her insurance. Now I I to
3: tell the audience I was just teasing when they said this. What did you and, say? And you know that I was teasing. What's I that? said, Paula, call one of those mad lawyers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> and see, but that that's that's the reaction of the flash and yeah. and this lady's far more important than anything that happens to mm-hmm. our car. Our car is just at the end of a lease. We've got like two more months yeah. on the lease. Yeah. And we have to give it back. So we gotta get this thing fixed quickly uh-huh, now. Uh-huh. Uh, because we're we're turning it back in. Yeah. But, but the, the whole idea here is just that um, every day could be our last,
4: mm-hmm.
3: or every day could be the day that Jesus comes for us. I was talking about that with some urgency in the Bible study last, last night.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, every day could be that day. And uh, we have to live our lives like it could be that day. And I just think, Paula, when something like this happens, you're aware that you just take too much for granted. Mm-hmm. You, know, you just you, you look around. and We assume that we're going tomorrow. We have a schedule. We have a plan. Tomorrow you're leaving town to go to a a conference that you're teaching at in in Tyler, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just assume we're going to do these things. And oh yeah, I can be there and everything's no no problem. Uh, but sometimes there's a problem. Yeah. Uh, had she been going any faster, uh, we'd probably be in the hospital right now. Oh man, than, yeah.
4: Than if the if the airbags would have gone off. <laughs> oh, 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 Pastor Ron, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you might as well have just kill me. I think, but anyway, no, it was it, it was okay, and I, I'm praying for that lady and her family because you know I don't know what how this is going to affect them. Yeah.
3: Hey, one other thing that I'd like to do uh, to ask for prayer, uh, we'll take a phone call in just a moment. But one other thing, uh, could, could could we ask uh, our audience to pray for? Uh, our precious Pamela, mm-hmm. she is in surgery right now. Uh, she is a cancer patient, and she's had terrible side effects uh, from the uh, a knee from surgery, the, the chemo, and mm-hmm. and um, uh, it's weakened her heart. Then she had a knee surgery recently. That's yeah. uh, where the cancer started, I think, and, and they had to do something else. And uh, there's been complications from it, so. Uh, If you would keep Pamela and her husband, Robert, in your prayers, Mm -hmm. uh, we would appreciate that very, very much. Mm -hmm. And I'll try to keep you informed on tomorrow's program how everything is going. This poor girl has been through so much.
4: This is a risky risky surgery with her body so compromised. Mm -hmm. So please
3: keep Pamela and Robert in your prayers. Let's go to phone call, Paula, before you get started. Uh, Let's talk with Harold on line one. Harold, thanks for calling. You're on the air.
2: Hi, Pastor Ron. Hi, uh, Paula. Hi. I'm a little Hi. more calmer than I was last uh, call visit. I was checked <laughs> up that day, I guess. But I listened to your show yesterday, uh, the first part, honestly, and uh, a gentleman called in and asked about the NIV and the different versions, and I have a lot of different versions also. And I actually do have a NIV that ends in 1984. It starts back, I forget. What year it starts, but it ends in 1984, and I do have a 2011. I can see some changes. I didn't spend a lot of time with it, but something I learned yesterday was you and I found it interesting. You know, I have the King James also. Um, When you're reading the King, when you're reading the 84 NIV, and you're reading the same passage in in the King James. I'm not sure about the New King James, but you said. It when it's supposed to be Greek and you have to look it up and say, you know, oh, this word's in Greek and the NIV already translates it to Greek is, that's something I had, you know, I didn't know, so I guess my question is, I'm picking up my mother right now, taking her out to eat for her 84th birthday
3: um, tell her happy birthday
2: okay, mama, I'm on the phone real quick that's okay, but um, so my question is Is it important? I mean, yes, everything's important. So is it more important to know when something is in Greek and translated? um, I mean, let me say this. When I'm reading something in the NIV, is it is it important to know that certain words in there were in Greek but already translated into English? Or is it better to know that these words were Greek? And they were translated into English. Does this? I know that's a big stretch, but you know, because I do like yeah. reading the Bible a lot and finding out things like that. But I'll yeah, here you can make I, of I that, can help some you, of it. I'll listen to it on the air. Okay.
3: Okay. Thank you very much, and again yeah. for Mama. You said uh, you said you called yeah. her Mama. Uh, tell Mama happy Mama, birthday, yeah. <laughs> eighty-four. God bless her. I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye bye. Bye bye, Harold. A couple of things. I think Harold might have misunderstood me a little bit. Uh, what I said, or at least what I tried to communicate yesterday, is that uh, I, I was talking about me personally believing that the the eighty four NIV is the best by far, the best translation of the New Testament uh, that's out there and available. It is the most accurate, um, and and it, it's it's one that we can have complete confidence in. and And the example I gave was anybody who's teaching from the King James or the New King James and they say, well, the Greek word really means, then what you'll find out is that that Greek word is translated into English in the NIV, the 84 NIV, um, and and better describes what they're trying to communicate. The, the, the King James especially is so old, and, and the words don't mean the same things. So uh, I didn't mean that the NIV is in Greek. Uh, all of the New Testament manuscripts, whether they're the manuscripts from the Texas Receptus that the King James or the New King James comes from, or the Alexandrian manuscripts, Harold, that that the other, the newer translations come from. All of them are Greek. The the New Testament came to us in Greek. The inspired texts are in common Koine Greek, a language invented by Alexander the Great, who had such an ego that he, he had to invent a language that he could unite the world in, and that was it. It's a language that God wanted the Bible to be written in, at least the New Testament. And the reason is because it's such a, a living and active language, uh, far superior to any of the others. So uh, it's not that you're looking at the 84 NIV, and there's a Greek word, and, and it's translated rightly or wrongly. Uh, it's just that the manuscripts were, were laid out, the translators took those Greek words, these Greek uh, scholars and translated them into readable, modern English. So that's what it is. It's not that um, um, they come from a, a different transcript, but, but all of the inspired texts, for all of the, the versions of our Bible that we have, all of them, Harold, uh, are in Greek in the New Testament. And I hope that answers your question. I'm sorry it wasn't more clear yesterday. Okay, three four zero ninety five eighty five. if you have any questions for Paula or uh, any questions about anything. So, Paula, now it's your show.
4: Okay, thank you. Well, since we've had this little um, hiccup with the car thing, and praise the Lord, I'm not driving tomorrow, but I would like to ask for a uh, prayer <laughs> for our trip because we are going to be driving to Calvary Chapel, Tyler, tomorrow. Um, and so, please... Uh, Jocelyn will be going with us because uh, she is going to be leading worship at 9:30, uh, 10:30, and 1:30, and then I'll be teaching at 10, 11, and 2, um, and then we'll be getting in the car. On that's all on Saturday. We'll be getting on the back in the car Saturday around maybe 4:30, trying to get back here Saturday night so we don't miss church on Sunday. You know, we might be a little bit tired. We're taking off tomorrow morning, nine o'clock Friday, and we'll be back around hopefully before 11 on on Saturday. So I'd appreciate, um, uh, Lachelle Ortiz is going to be driving us, and then we have Grace is going to be with us as well. So the four of us, we need, we need travel mercies. And, and, um, I remember a long time ago, uh, we were in a, a car accident, and I tell you what, that screeching of the, tires and then the crash just that's all you think about you know now for a little bit so i just want to be um yeah anyway covered in prayer so thank you everybody um what i was wanting to talk about pastor ron i want to read from romans 12 starting in verse 3 and it says for by the grace given me i say to every one of you do not think of yourself more highly than you ought but rather, think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, so many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. And, you know, on, on the pulpit and even in this um, studio, uh, you say this quite a bit. You know, we all have a different gift, and for you, you're the you're the mouth of the church, and you know you need the mouth of the church. You you need the people, you know, to show up for church, but that they need you as well to hear the word being taught. And so, um, and this Romans twelve three through five, no pun intended. It, it's titled "Stay in Your Lane."
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, actually, even even more so, Paula. If you go uh, past uh, the, the fifth verse into the sixth, seventh, and eighth okay. verses, um, or oh, eight, eight, nine, because it describes the gifts mm-hmm. that God has given, so that the church can function as one body mm-hmm. and faithfully so. So, uh, the, the the word for grace in in Romans twelve three is is the same word we get our our word charismatic from, it's charis. Mm -hmm. And um, these are charismatic gifts that God gives to people for the benefit of the church. And in this passage of scripture, what Paul is telling the Romans is this is how you use them. And um, this is what makes the body beautiful. And it's a very familiar uh, illustration Paul uses. He he, uh, likes to go to the human body as an example. Uh, our bodies have different features. You mm-hmm. know, the fingers mm-hmm. and the toes do different things. Mm-hmm. The, the nose and the mouth does different mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. But we need all of those parts. Mm-hmm. They all make up one body. And then in the um, fifth verse, he says, so in Christ, we who are many form one body. And he's really talking about the uniqueness uh, and the, 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 the import that every single person has. You know, I I get, and this is just one of my pet peeves, Paula, but people will say all the time if I haven't seen him for two or three or four weeks, oh, don't worry, Pastor Ron, I'm watching you every week on live stream. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, but I can't
4: see you. Ah, no.
3: We need you here. The body needs people there Mm -hmm. to use the gifts. And in this this description of the gifts, it's absolutely magnificent uh, because it sort of gives a picture of how the body functions together.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah. and you use my favorite word with a nest on the end, but my favorite word is unique. And, and you know, when, when we come to church, in fact, it was really cute. We had a wedding last night and it was not planned. They just happened to have the license in their car.
3: Well, they've been convicted. You know, they, there was some people that just got saved. Yeah. They were living together, have kids. Yeah, She's expecting another one. Mm-hmm. And uh, after church, I was just getting ready to go home. And they said, Pastor on. We we have a marriage license, and we were wondering: is there any way we could be married tonight? Uh-huh. So I uh, said, so "Of course!" Yeah. You know, we have people. So uh, Pastor Ken uh, did the ceremony. Yeah, for he him.
4: he did a great great wedding. But you just of seen, you because know, in this, um, it, if it is serving, then serve. Well, the whole uh, the team that sets up church to school and school to church, they were there ready to do what they do, and yet. Because this wedding was going to take place, they all sat without doing, you know, tearing down the sanctuary. They sat and participated in the wedding, waiting for the wedding to be over for them to serve. But in that way, they served Mm -hmm. uh, with probably greater encouragement. You know, it wasn't about them at all. It was about these two have gotten right and they're going to make it right.
3: You see, that's eight thirty. They probably want to get home. Yeah. But there's an opportunity to serve. Yeah. And since that's what they were there to do, we have a team that, that sets up our our t- tears down our church and sets up our school on mm. Wednesday nights mm-hmm. and it, on Sunday afternoons.
4: That's right. And then if it is teaching, because Pastor Ken had told everybody this was going to be just real short, and then all of a sudden he said, "You know what?" He looked at the <laughs> the set, team set up people and said. Well, it's going to be short, but not as short as I thought it was going to be, <laughs> because I have something from John chapter 4. And so, you know, he's a teacher, and so he taught. And then if it is encouraging, and that's where my gift comes in, you know, because they're, they're like standing around. I was like, we can get somebody. Come on. somebody, Just and we're going to have a wedding. You know, we're going to have a wedding. Everybody's so excited. There had to be, I don't know, 150, 200 people who just kind of looked like they just stayed around. We're having a wedding on Wednesday night after church. It was so fun, um, and then if it, it's giving, you know, uh, it was cute because we we need that gift. We need that gift, yeah. <laughs> and, and the Lord is very generous, and our church has become a very generous church, and so people were giving of their time, their talent, and I'm sure their treasure. Um, and if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And, and you know, you're 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 right again in saying he's very much out there. The baby's due next month. And so she's very pregnant. And so the mercy shown is come on in. You're a sinner just like the rest of us. And God, when you gave your life to him, he sees you now as a a virgin and so do we. You know, and you're starting this whole life. It was so much fun, Pastor. I love the body of Christ because when we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, it just What do you say? It's like a symphony. Everybody's playing their instrument. And, you know, at the beginning, it's all like because we're getting to know each other. It's like, but when the conductor lifts the baton and it's time for the music to be played and we all play our parts, it's beautiful. It was so last night was beautiful. One of the things
3: I love about the passage that you're talking about, Paula, Mm -hmm. Um, it says in the fifth verse, uh, so in Christ we who are many form one body. We've talked about that. But then Mm -hmm. it says this, and each member belongs to all the others. Um, I think one of the shortcomings in, in our church culture is that we still have a sense of independence. We still try to hold on to a sense of, well, this is my right, or this is what I'm called to do. Mm-hmm. Um, when the, the the reality is in the church that we're to submit to one another mm-hmm. and, w- and w- we don't have any rights and to hold on to our rights or to expect that somebody's going to listen to what we have to say um, forgets the whole premise that we're a part of something so much greater than we are. Yeah. And the only way we can be an effective part of that is to give ourselves completely to that. Yeah.
4: Those mm-hmm. people who come to church and, you know, they just sit and do nothing. They don't serve anybody. There's, I mean, what's the point of coming to church? And we don't want them to stop coming. We hope that they will listen and learn and know that there is a gift. And everybody can do something because even if you're, um, say, you, don't, you only have one hand. You can still use that one hand is what I'm trying to say.
3: First Corinthians 12 says everybody's been given at least a gift. Yeah. And, and, you know, I believe that, that um, we all have more than one gift. It's just that we don't find that out until we're faithful mm-hmm. with the gift that mm-hmm. we've been given. Yeah. And that's why Paul says um, um, that we're to use the gifts in proportion to our faith. You know, a brand new believer isn't going to be as effective as somebody who's been walking with the Lord for 20 years. Utilizing gift, but he still or she still, he still has that gift to use and be a blessing to other people in the process.
4: Yeah, a new believer would be so cute as a greeter. It's like, I just got saved. Welcome on in. You know, this is the best church you ever want to be at. And are you saved? Oh, you're not. Oh, you should be saved because the burden of sin can be lifted from you. It just, I love coming to church. Pastor, can you tell? (laughs)
3: Well, that's that's what the church is supposed to be. It's not a place where we go find out if the church meets our needs, but we get up and we say, Okay, how can I meet the needs of those in the church? Yeah. And that's how a church becomes our church. Yeah. It doesn't it, it doesn't become my church or their church. It becomes our, our church, church. No. and that's the way it's supposed to do. Hey, we've got thirty minutes left in the date day show. We'd love any live calls and questions you have for Paula or for me. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. You're listening to The Word to Stand On for Life. We'll be back in two minutes.
2: Welcome
1: back to The Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 630 KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh.
3: Welcome back to the second half of the Date Day program, 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. Paula, what are you going to be teaching on uh, in Tyler? What's what's your agenda?
4: <laughs> well, Pastor Ron, the pastor's wife, when she asked me to come over there and speak, she said, uh, you want to pick the, the title, the theme? I was like, well, sure, And she said, "Well, what's the Lord been speaking to you about?" And I was like, <laughs> the whole my church knows, and this audience knows, but reboot, but it's from Acts 3,19 and 20 where it says, "Repent then and turn to God so that times of refreshing may come upon you. And so it's all about reboot, and every time I turn around, Pastor Ron, you're talking about reboot as well.
3: See, so you just are interpreting it that way. <laughs> <laughs> What's the Lord been doing in your life? So you assume he's been doing it in everybody's Oh, life.
4: sure, sure. If he's working in my life that way, he, I'm sure. Because the, the other day when you were teaching Luke chapter 12, um, 35 through 48, this is your title. You ready? Your title. Jesus wants us to be clean, to be ready all the time. For me, that means to be to reboot. Because if you're... Not clean, if you're not ready, you better get clean and get ready. So it's a daily rebooting, and sometimes throughout the day, you have to kind of refocus, uh, resolve, uh, recommit, uh, revive that that flame, and that's what you were kind of talking about last night, because we're living in perilous times. You said this is our call to action, ready, set, go, because Jesus is coming. And so um, even in that, uh, yeah, last night you were kind of like a cheerleader, Pastor Ron, mm-hmm. and um, for, cheerleaders are only needed when people need to be cheered up, and so um, you are rebooting us. <laughs> I know you weren't aware of it, maybe, but that's what cheerleaders do. It's like, come on, you could do it. You know, they're sitting on the on the bench and maybe a little bit down and out, and the cheerleaders come out, and they remind them of, it's not like you just started playing this game you know how to play you know what to do and so um yeah so ready set go this is our call to action because jesus is coming and people are dying and so um to reboot we need to kind of like when we started out don't think too highly of ourselves remember that jesus um had to stoop really pretty low to save us and so don't forget who you were i mean we're not the same people but don't forget who you were And that he is still um, reaching his arms out. So in my three teachings, I'm going to focus on first Naomi in Ruth um, chapter one and and how she was in a place she shouldn't have been. And they stayed way too long. But even in Moab in a place where she should not have been, the grace of God reached out and she heard that back in Bethlehem that he was. You know, feeding his people that they're, that there were good crops again.
3: That's a that's a great message for for anybody who thinks they've made a mistake and they can't figure their way out of it. Uh, God's grace is always the best and the biggest mm-hmm. when we're in a place where we've made a mistake.
4: Yeah, and it says that he they took the path that took them back. That's reboot for any of us. We know the path. It's humble ourselves and say. You know, I'm sorry, that's the path. Please forgive me, Lord. That's the path.
3: See, you call that reboot. I call it Second Kings 6, when uh, the, the floating axe head story, when the, uh, Elisha said, well, where did you lose it? Uh-huh. You got to go right to the exact spot where you lost it, and then that's where God will meet you. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, axe heads don't float, but the power of God uh, is what brought Naomi back Not just back, but back with Ruth, um, a woman who would literally change the history of the world. Yeah,
4: yeah, Um, it's just amazing. And so I don't want to tell my whole thing. But then my second teaching will be with David, um, King David, and, of course, the big sin with Bathsheba um, and killing Uriah. And so the reboot there is after a year and a half, the Lord had to send Nathan. David wasn't going to reboot himself, you know. So the Lord, in his grace, too, he says, you know, this boy is not going to repent. He's not going to own up, and nobody's going to call him out because he's the king, after all. Nobody's going to say, yo, king, except so the Lord had to send Nathan to say, you know, this this whole story about the little ewe lamb and this poor guy. And, you know, David gets this irate, he has to die, payback four times, you know. And then and then Nathan Talking about call to action and having to ready, set, go, standing up for the Lord. So, David, you're the guy. No, you're the man. You're the man. <laughs> yeah, that you're talking. I remember about. years ago when people were going yeah. supporting was you the man? You're the man. You're the man. Oh, you're, I remember. God did
3: that first through Nathan.
4: <laughs> and so uh, that's his reboot where he has to say against the and the the, and the only have I sinned and done what is wrong in your sight, O oh Lord, please forgive me. And the Lord, you know. Before um, uh, that, Sheba was still Uriah's wife. Uriah's wife. It wasn't until after David said he was so sorry that um, he um, he uh, said, "I'm sorry," and um, the Lord forgave him. They have um, now a new son who's coming, and life is restored to David, and that's the first time, and David's wife. He was no longer, she was no longer Uriah's, the ex-Uriah's wife. She was now David's wife. And so, um, but then I'm going to go to uh, just us, where in Psalm 73, you know, uh, Asaph is just whining, 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 whining about why do you, the people, um, the rich people don't have troubles, and um, their bodies are healthy and strong, not like everybody else, and the people who are so evil just seem to be continually uh, getting ahead in this world, and it just doesn't seem fair. And Lord, what? And then he comes to the realization, if I had talked like that, um, I would have you know, disgraced my Lord. But how do you understand that this evil just keeps on going and their pockets just keep being lined with the riches and people are listening to them and following after them? And that's where our world is today. That's where our world is today. we got these um, actors and actresses who are flaunting their evil lives and lifestyle, and they just seem to be getting ahead, and it's causing So much confusion, especially among our young people, um, that they want to follow in their footsteps. And does God really know? Does God really see what's happening? Um, And yes, of course, he does. But they're just confused. And and, and who doesn't want to have, you know, the luxury of the world? um, And yet he finally gets to that place. Who can understand this? He says, it wasn't until I entered the sanctuary of God that I understood their fate. You put them on slippery ground and they will be destroyed in no time. And so that's, you know, for us, have we grown bitter? You know, some of us, we're, we're trying to do the right thing, we're keeping ourselves pure, and yet, Lord, we can't pay our bills. Yet, Lord, you know, our kids are following after the wrong way. Have I done all this and and... For nothing? What's up? And so um, that's where it's going to be. And then, you know, we'll get to that place where, you know, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And so he reboots us in that kind of an encouragement to say, hang on and hang in there. Just like having a baby when you're going through labor. Well, you go, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when you're going through the labor, somebody, it's kind of nice to have somebody in the room with you to say, you're going to make it through. The baby will be born. And as soon as the baby's out, ooh, it's going to be. I,
3: I kind of know what that's like, because I do that with brides all the time as we prepare for weddings. Mm,
4: You're yeah. going to be married. Yeah. Don't, don't sweat the details. So. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So um, it's a it's a reboot of, you know, hang in there. Because eternity is a lot longer than the few years that we are here. And to be with Jesus and for him to give us crowns and say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I know it was hard. I know it didn't seem fair. But you did it for me. Enter into the joy of your Lord.
3: You know, Paul, it too often, and maybe you can communicate to it, I'm sure you will communicate it to the, to the ladies. Um, too often we just have that expectation that if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, God's going to make my life easy and sort of trouble-free. That's never the case.
4: Yeah. I had to learn that. That's what, you know, I'm, I'm, I didn't become a Christian for that. Um, I, I I heard him say, I love you, always have, always will. That's what I was looking for. And I think that's what everybody is looking for, unconditional love. But I did not understand that once I became a Christian, that my, my dad, my father in the sky, so to speak, his, as a baby Christian, I'm thinking, well, he's going to protect me. People would pray, you know may a hedge of protection be around her always and may you provide her every need and, you know, may she be well and everything be well with her and all that kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's exactly just like you. You wanted to be rich. Uh, That's what I was kind of thinking and hoping it would be all about. But (laughs) as you grow, as you read in the word, um, that was just a fantasy. And the letdown that people go through when they find out, we're not going to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. It's because we're Christians that the sun shines on both the believer and unbeliever. So does rain and hail and car accidents and cancer and uh, colds and all those. Uh, everything hits us. Um, it's just that for a Christian, we have Jesus with us.
3: And, and you know, Paula, one of the things that we get a lot from people, well, we'll why did I become a Christian if God's not going to give me a husband or God's not going to give me a wife or God's not going to give us a baby or God's not going to bless us financially? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, God's purpose in saving us was to make us like his son Jesus. We are to be conformed, mm-hmm. transformed into his image. Mm-hmm. And and our Savior suffered a great deal. Our Savior had broken heart. Um one of the primary purposes in trials that come to us in this life is is that that we would, through those trials, be more and more like Jesus. Paul calls it sharing in the fellowship of, of Jesus' sufferings. And a lot of us, you know, we didn't really sign up for that part. We mm-hmm. like the heaven part, and mm-hmm. we like the blessing part, and we read the Bible and see all the miracles, and we want to go to our miracle service and get our miracle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we we mentioned Pamela early in this program uh, we have watched this girl suffer for years now and in the process she has become more and more like Jesus every single day and you can see it happening with Raina who we were praying for for so long and she, she received a terminal diagnosis well going through that Raina has been transformed into the likeness of her Savior and um, we forget that that's the purpose of trials. You can't find a single Bible hero. You can open Hebrews chapter 11. And and all of those men and women suffered immensely. Uh, and yet they were recognized for their faith. Uh, it doesn't take much faith to have everything go well. Um, do we trust Jesus when things aren't going well um, as much as we do when things are going well?
4: Um, I'm reading... Uh, Roberts, one of Roberts' posts, talking about Pamela, um, he said uh, that all this, all this what she's going through, continues to be agonizing, agonizing for her. But I'm so proud she hasn't and won't give up. The enemy is seriously testing her faith mantra, which is always hopeful, always rejoicing, and she has been true to form. Um, she's still standing, an amazing woman indeed. And so, always hopeful, always rejoicing. And she has always had this huge smile on her face, right? Oh, Miss Paula, the Lord is good. I'm okay, you know. Um, and so, that grace that we, we sing about, your grace still amazes me. Your love is still a mystery. And, you know, in those times when we need that grace, God is the one who's faithful, because I always say, you know, I I, I kind of used to always say this, man, I don't think I could, I would be that, that faithful. I don't think, I don't think so. You know, and you, what do you always what
3: tell are, me? <laughs> I gonna uh-huh. ask you, what do I always yes. I just always tell you, you can't spin grace, you haven't gotcha. Yeah. And God meets us when we need it. And we've seen that over and over and over in our years. And I think a lot of times when we, and, and it's, this is the, the exact reason Jesus said repeatedly, Do not worry. Be anxious for nothing, the Apostle Paul writes, uh, because the things that we worry about, we're worried about stuff that God hasn't given us the grace to deal with yet. And as long as we're projecting into the future, I say all the time that that yesterday is the devil's day, today is God's day, Mm -hmm. and tomorrow is the devil's day. So he's got two ways to punish us. He'll make us feel horrible for our past, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, uh, Paula, when we start going into the future and worrying about things that haven't happened yet, um, that's when Satan is licking his chops because he knows he's got us to the place where he can invade, where he can attack us, and um,
4: and we miss the moment that we're in now. That's, and that's, I think, that's what he wants us to do. I mean, seriously, Ron. Even going back to you know, opening the part of the show where we're hit in the car, and Though, yes, it was a shock, but that the Lord was in the car with us um, and that the Lord is living in us so that when you got out, I mean, in fact, we were in this perfect spot to be able to have that kind of an accident because we had, like you were saying, we had all this room to the left because we're in the the fast lane. We had all this room to the left to pull off safely.
3: Yeah, we're sort of in a construction zone. So there was a, a, a lane and a half size thing that wasn't being used. Yeah. So we're able to pull over. We didn't have to go into the ditch or we didn't have to go into into the grass. Mm -hmm. um, You know, it's just if you recognize the Lord's presence, um, you're going to see that there's grace to meet you at your time of need. Mm -hmm.
4: It was just one of those things where, uh, yeah, you knew Jesus was there. And when you when you had to give her, you said, do you have a card? You know, I always have a card. I'm like the agent. You know, uh, and so pull out the card. Can you imagine? Pastor Ron, had you been ugly? Had we been ugly? But the Lord says, no, I'm going to cover you. All. I know you're nervous, Stick to your stomach, and you're all shaky. But, you know, your mind's not working right. But I got you. That was his grace that just met us. And, um, like I was going to say, not only for that lady, but even for the people driving by. She just hit them, and, and they're hugging her. <laughs> they will know us by our love And so It it was just It was a cool day So when you look for God's blessings Even in those difficult times And I know um, Like with Pam and Robert They want to minister to the doctors and the nurses And the other patients They want everybody to know that they love Jesus And he is still with them And they want to bring as much glory to him As possible Through the most impossible situation it's, it's, I don't know. I love my life. <laughs> I'm we, glad I'm saved.
3: We've still got some time for any calls or questions. 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Paula, what's next?
4: You know what? You said the other day. It was so funny. Um, this is in the Luke 12 study. Uh, when You know, because I like, when I, in in chapter uh, 12 again, verses 41-42, it was saying, Peter and Peter was like, who are you talking to? You yeah. know, and you said, you, Peter. And I took that. I put my name in there. You, Paula, where he then turns and says to him, I want you now to feed my sheep tend my flock and care for the sheep for me. You know what you said? Who He said, who are you talking to? <laughs> Hoping that he wasn't talking to him.
3: Lord, but, are you telling this parable to us? Okay. Yeah. Or to everyone. Yeah. And the answer, what I say was yes.
4: Yes. <laughs> to everyone and you, yes. But that was so cute because I, I, the Lord does speak to us.
3: Now, one thing that I think is important to point out here in that Luke 12 passage, um, when when Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? The context of the parable was being ready for the return of God. Being ready. Uh, that That kind of fits into the study last night. It's, it's we who are believers need to be ready for that trumpet call of God. If he doesn't come, we need to be ready if the car accident is is not minor, if it's a little more serious. And this could have been something really awful. Mm-hmm. And yet, here we are. But we need to be ready for that. We need to be ready. Um, the parable that Jesus told is simply, look, the servant who says, my master delays is coming, so I'm going to just get drunk and have a good time and do what i want to do um well when the master comes back he's going to find that servant being unfaithful um it's not going to be good for that servant uh the the servants that are ready the servants that are doing their job and paula one of the things um, and i'm grateful peter said lord you tell this parable to us or to everyone um the answer he's telling it to all of us we need to be ready and the only way you can be ready is two things be with jesus and be doing what he's called us to do, using the gifts that he's given us for his glory, uh, winning people's hearts. Uh, Our message last night was Isaiah's prophecy going down to the great tribulation. And when you study in depth how horrible the the last seven years on earth are really going to be, and the pain and the suffering and the overwhelming death that's going to be around, we Christians have got to take that clarion call and say, okay, our responsibility is to go into action. Our responsibility is to tell people about Jesus. And you know, it's not just when a radio program is going on or when a Bible study is being done, but everywhere we go, we've got to be telling people that you can escape this great tribulation, mm-hmm. this disaster. All you have to do, and Jesus said, pray that you'll be kind of worthy to escape the trial that's coming on those who live mm-hmm. upon the world. Yeah. And and um, we need to take seriously Uh, that call to share this glorious gospel we have. And we live in a time, Paula, where we don't want to be pushy. We don't want to be offensive. We don't want to have people think worse of us because we're religious nuts or something. Uh, And yet the the first word out of our lips always, everywhere we go, has got to be about Jesus. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah. Uh, You said this last night. We can't change the end times but we can change the eternal destination of those seemingly headed to destruction. Revival can happen. Guess what? Revival is reboot. Okay, so <laughs> you you said revive your passion for the Lord, for the gospel, for people, because people are dying. Have a heart that really cares and loves and loves those who aren't saved and who might possibly be possibly be left behind. Um, and then you went through um, the revelation that you just went mm-hmm. through, talking about the, and that was just the beginning of the, just beginning the Trumpet Judgment. Uh-huh. We polished. have unsaved kids, yeah. friends, other family members,
3: people um, we work with every day who who yeah. we don't share Jesus with. Yeah. Yeah.
4: And sometimes we're ashamed not just um, not sharing with our our words, but our lives don't even look like in a lot of. We're so. Like in the in the Psalm 73, we're so wanting to look like the rest of the world. You know, we're so worried about what they have and and not concerned so much about who we have. Listen to this, Paul.
3: This is the parable in Luke 12. But suppose the servant says to himself, my master is taking a long time in coming. Yeah. That's the way so many of us live our lives. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Jesus is coming. I've heard this. Mm-hmm. They've been saying that for 2,000 years. but. This, this, my master delays is coming. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. It's not. Yeah. You know, we're on that freeway today and, and this could
4: have been it. Yeah. And we say that we, if the plane goes down with both of us in it, because if the plane goes down, pretty much we're with Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. But we were together. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been okay. It would have been all
3: right. But if we live our lives like that day's not going to happen to us, mm-hmm. then we're not going to tell people yeah. about Jesus. Yeah. And that's when we're the wicked, lazy servant. And, and and verse 46 says, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and, and an hour he's not prepared for. And we've got to be prepared 24-7 for the arrival of Jesus for his church or for our arrival in his presence in heaven.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. And, well, you know, people sometimes say, well, you're just trying to scare people in heaven. I don't care how they get there.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: But, but you know... I'd rather
4: scare them into heaven than than to let them go straight
3: to hell. Yeah, the responsibility we have is to be obedient. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. And we've got this best message in the history of the world um, and and how we can be unwilling to share it. Well, it makes me uncomfortable. Uh, If that's your excuse, you don't understand what being a servant is. And you are that wicked, lazy servant. Um, Well, that's not my thing. Make it your thing.
4: Make it your thing. Come on, you guys. And you know what? I am so happy that the Lord told me if they ask, you say yes. So I'm going to Calvary Chapel Tyler tomorrow to tell them about this Jesus. Either get saved or if you are saved, let's get our fire burning.
3: And we would appreciate your prayers. May the Lord bless you and keep you. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630, The Word.
4: Bye-bye.